0: Remember all those embarrassing situations when somebody pronounced or wrote your name wrong? That's a real cringe, I'm telling you. When a teacher tries so hard to read your last name and gets it wrong eventually, to the laughter of all your classmates, or you get some certificate with a typo, all you think is, why can't people just read properly? Such a feeling is typical for Ukrainians, because other people mess with our geographical names too often. This episode's title is honestly a little clickbait, because in my opinion Ukrainians aren't capable of actually hating something, except for Rush, obviously. Instead, we are going to look into the three most common cases of mispronouncing and misspelling Ukrainian toponyms. Listen, if you don't want to get into those annoying situations I described in the beginning, I'm sure after this episode you'll never get it wrong. I'm Michelle Bonder. welcome to my podcast Ukraine in a nutshell. Grab your chamomile tea and widen your outlook. Let's start with the Ukrainian capital. Its name is Kyiv. K-Y-I-V. It's pronounced and transliterated exactly as it sounds in Ukrainian. There shouldn't be any trouble with it, should there, but there is. You might have seen the other variant, Kiev, K-I-E-V, and it's pronounced like a Russian word. This form had been used much more often than the right one by Western media. And I don't blame them, because they thought it was the only possible way to say it. I also used both variants before the war. I was like, well, if I translate it from Ukrainian to English, it's Kyiv. If I translate it from Russian to English, it's Kyiv. But it's never occurred to me why I should translate the name of the Ukrainian capital from Russian in the first place. In Russia, they say that Kyiv is the mother of Russian cities. That's somehow proving that it belongs to the Russian world and eventually Russia. Aggression, colonialism and lack of logic in this statement aside, Kiev is certainly not the mother of Russian cities. The Ukrainian capital was founded in the 5th century, while Moscow was probably founded in the 11th century by a lesser descendant of the Kievan prince. Or later. There's no actual proof, you know. So, Kiev might only be a great-grandmother of that miserable swamp which Moscow was until some civilization came here. But the swamp had imperial ambitions, which at some point led to Western media using a russified name of the Ukrainian capital. In 1995, Ukrainian authorities officially changed the English spelling to Kiev, getting rid of Soviet occupation consequences. But it had little impact on the world. Airports, English TV channels and newspapers kept using the old variant – Kyiv. Then, in 2018, Ukrainian Ministry of Foreign Affairs launched a campaign called Correct UA. Its goal was to convince the world to use the proper names of Ukrainian cities. Because Kyiv was not the only one here, for example, it's Lviv and not Lvov. Odessa with one S, not Odessa. Ukrainian officials asked the citizens to tag influential media and foreign government institutions on Twitter with the hashtag Kyiv, not Kiev. The campaign turned out to be rather effective. BBC, The Guardian, The Washington Post, The Daily Telegraph, etc. changed their spelling. Facebook started referring to the Ukrainian capital as Kyiv, and English Wikipedia renamed their respective article. Ever since the invasion, I've never seen anybody from the West spell Kyiv incorrectly, and I think the worldwide support of Ukraine catalyzed this process of establishing historical and lingual justice. This is truly inspiring how corporations listen to the ordinary Ukrainian people on Twitter, in this case, but this campaign should go on. After all, I'm sure some people still use the colonial version they're accustomed to, and it's okay provided they change their habits. At the end of the day, you don't want to sound like that teacher who accidentally and embarrassingly mispronounced your name once. The second common and incredibly annoying mistake is the Ukraine. Please, please, please never say it. It breaks my heart every time I hear see it. There before country or city names isn't common, it's used before countries in the plural like the Netherlands, the island states like the Bahamas and the countries which contain a political title in their name like the Czech Republic. As for the cities there's only one exception, it's the Hague where Putin and his murderers again will appear before the tribunal very soon. Obviously you know these rules, I just wanted to joke a joke here. But most importantly, they is used with geographical areas. Areas, did you hear that? Not an independent state, but just an indefinite territory. Former US ambassador in Ukraine William Taylor said that using the Ukraine implies disregard for Ukrainian sovereignty, and it perfectly sums up this grammar problem which became political. Again, the Ukraine was used in the 20th century, when Ukraine was under Soviet occupation for 70 years, meaning that it was just a region of USSR. Ever since 1991, Ukraine has been independent, so the article becomes kinda offensive, you know. Honestly, I'm very grateful to those English speakers who dropped the article, because it means that they respect my country. Please keep in mind that mistakes like that are like misusing sound pronouns, which is very rude and ignorant. While these two cases are as old as independent Ukraine itself, the third one is slightly different. Everybody, both Ukrainians and foreigners are used to saying Western Ukraine or Eastern Ukraine. Unlike the previous examples, grammatically these names are correct, but they don't pass the vibe check anymore. Let's take a closer look at the historical context to see what's wrong with saying Western or Eastern Ukraine. Unfortunately, Ukraine was under imperial rule and divided for centuries. Until the First World War, Western regions of Ukraine were a part of Poland, then Austria-Hungary, while the lion's share of Ukrainian territories was under Russian control. Throughout this period, Ukrainian cultural and political elite sought to unite Ukraine into one state with the rights of autonomy, while more radical circles of them called for the creation of a united, independent state. The war led to empire's collapse. Hey, the 21st century Russian empire which doesn't acknowledge being the empire, that's a bad omen for you. As a result, in 1917, Ukrainian revolution started and two young states emerged from the ruins of two empires Ukrainian People's Republic and Western Ukrainian People's Republic Despite being different in political and economic aspects the republics made a strategically and symbolically important move in 1919 they finally united into one state By the way, the day when it happened, the 22nd of January is celebrated in modern Ukraine as the Day of Unity Unfortunately, then Russians, communists now, came and did what they are so good at, destroyed everything, and Ukraine as a United States ceased to exist. Between world wars, Ukraine has been divided again, this time between USSR and Poland. Until 1939, when USSR occupied the west of Ukraine as an act of brotherly aid to the people of Ukraine. See, Russians have a habit of coming up with hilarious euphemisms for occupation. The territorial ambitions of Soviet leadership had their advantages too, though. Ukraine was united, at last, as it will remain. However, being torn apart for centuries had its consequences for Ukraine. Divide and conquer is a very effective strategy, easily applied in such a context where the society is already a bit divided. That's what some countries' informational policies has been doing for years. The propaganda painted those living in western regions of Ukraine as radical, bloodthirsty nationalists so that the residents of the East would be afraid of them or even hate them. In the East, Russia, you guessed it was Russia, right, supported nostalgic Soviet or Russophile moods so that people in the West would think about them as separatists. It was horribly effective. I live in Dnipro, the city closer to the East, and for years I had irrational prejudices against the same Ukrainians as me, only because they lived farther West. Why did I just tell you all that? So that you understand that the terms Western Ukraine or Eastern Ukraine, especially in Ukraine, have a derogatory tone, they imply that there are two separate Ukraines. Meanwhile, West of Ukraine and East of Ukraine means that these are equally important and lovely parts of the whole. Attention to this shade of meaning became mainstream when the war started, so that we Ukrainians could deprive Russia of its ideological weapon, the ability to divide us. I encourage you to disarm Russia too, just by saying it correctly, west or east of Ukraine. I want to emphasize it once again, Ukrainians are not petty, we just want to get rid of colonial heritage and everything, including our toponyms. So I'd be more than grateful if you switched to Kyiv with Ukrainian spelling and pronunciation, Ukraine without the article, and west or east of Ukraine without separatist vibes. Thank you. The next episode is going to be very special, because it will be released on the Independence Day, which is the 24th of August. I'll tell you about all the memorable ups and downs of this 31-year coaster of freedom, so that you understand why Ukraine is what it is. Thank you for being here. Subscribe and like this episode wherever you're listening to it. Um, what is it that the bloggers always say in the end? Ah, yes, follow my Instagram if you want to get a glimpse of the creative process and inspiration behind my podcast. And if you want to support what I'm doing, please donate to verified Ukrainian funds like Save Life in UA and save the lives of those fighting for our freedom. Any help would be appreciated and you'll definitely make a difference. Thank you for listening. Glory to Ukraine.